Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back. Welcome back to an athlete's journey. I am your host, Travis Reed. Today, I got a special guest, somebody I just recently met. Uh, but I, you know, Instagram stalked her, you know, so I decided to see what she was about. <laughs> somebody who's, uh, like I said, just recently met, but like somebody seems really cool and nice and uh, definitely wanted to um, get her on the show. Uh, her story is one that I wanted the masses to get out to because this is one of triumph and one of victory and one of uh, perseverance. And definitely something that, you know, all athletes, men and women should be, uh, should listen to because everybody has a story of their athletic journey, but with her story, it doesn't end there. You know, a lot of people, their story always ends in the athletic journey and not knowing what, uh, what's next. So definitely wanted to uh, get her on and kind of uh, let her tell her story. All right. Please introduce yourself to the people. Hi. Well, thank you for having me on your show, Travis. I'm excited to be here, talk about my story and my journey and be able to help encourage those who want to pursue, honestly, anything. I'm not even going to say similar things, anything. So my name is Brianna DeBose and Bri- Bri- DeBose. Let me make sure I say my <laughs> full last name, DeBose. Uh, but briefly, I am a management consultant by day. I am a adjunct professor at Georgetown by night. I teach about college athletics. And then on top of all of that, on the side right now, I'm building my own company, the consulting firm. And I work with high school athletic departments. And I work with college athletic departments, mainly on with its high school, we're talking about anything transitioning into high school. So how mm-hmm. to support you, what resources, or not trans, transition into high school, excuse me, transition into college. Everything is like college-based. So if you're transitioning into college, we're talking about that experience, how to balance everything, NIL, talking about coaches, talking about the business of college sports. If we're talking to college athletic departments, that's mainly about the transition beyond the game. Because 99% of college athletes, they don't go into play professionally. And I always equate it to a house. At least lately, I've been equating it to a house. And if you can imagine as a listener, let's say you have a major team helping you manage your household. We talk in someone to cook your food, buy your groceries, walk your dog, you know, tend to your cars, tend to your garden, do everything, your personal shopper, your stylist. And then after a couple of years or months or whatever set amount of time, they're gone like that, everybody overnight. And so for college athletes, sometimes you become really reliant on that system and you don't necessarily develop your own skills beyond that system. Mm-hmm. So I talk mm-hmm. a lot about being self-sufficient, managing yourself, managing your emotions, managing just your life beyond the game. So mm-hmm. a lot of really cool things. I think it's such a, they go hand in hand, but it's a difference when you're talking to high schoolers that are, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed and trying to get into the space versus college athletes who are transitioning out of it and being a regular person again. And what does that look like? 
So I helped build that. And my company is literally called Build. So BLD with no uh, with no vowels because it's also the initials to my name. So those are kind of like the trifecta of things that I'm that I'm doing right now. Well, like I said, I think that what you're doing is something that is greatly needed um, for the future of athletes. Because you're right, athletes and athletic sport is a business now. Period. Point blank. Mm -hmm. There is there is nothing like. You can't say it's not, you know, I mean, I went to a high profile college at UCLA, mm -hmm. you know, we were bringing in 15 to 20,000 people every single home game. Um, we were, you know, traveling all around, bringing business to every, you know, every school that we went to, everything. So like kids need to know how to monetize that because you're right. 99% of all, I would say 99 point. 9% of all athletes don't make it to a professional. If you're lucky to be that 0.000.1%, you know, whatever, um, you know, to play, and I mean playing in any professional league, like you can play overseas, ABA, you know, CBA, whatever the case is, uh, because most athletes are not, um, you know, moving past college. You should have like a nest egg, I feel, and that's probably what your company can do, help you to show how to have a nest egg. So where you're not, when you graduated from college, you're not like, oh, my God, what am I doing? You know, uh, I have no idea, no money, you know, moving back with my parents, trying to figure out stuff. There's facts. <laughs> so um, I think that, yeah, like I said, you know, like it's something that's greatly needed. And, you know, in my view, greatly appreciated for the future athletes of America. So. Yeah, I, I just, I saw that nothing was really being done and a lot of people were getting forgotten about and taken advantage of and I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And just, you know, you're a former athlete, like you understand, like you have plenty of friends that may be still playing or, you know, people that you know that are playing and being in that space, you also know people that have not been able to wrap their head around being a regular person and what that looks like and, and getting their life in order to the way that they want to and being able to rediscover who they are. And so I help mm -hmm. build that capacity because it's a lot. It's overwhelming. I always joke with people. I'm like, I played basketball 17 years of my life, like 17 years in the real world. If you're talking about a job, then shoot, I'm a couple of years away from retirement. And so that is something really significant that young people go through that is not always considered afterwards it's like 17 years like we started way way back you know and that is something that I don't take for granted and I am able to bring that into the work that I do and to be honest it all started with my book that I wrote like I wrote a book called the ABCs for college athletes and again, there was no practical guide out there because everybody wants to hoop. Everybody wants to, you know, see the mixtapes and get the gear and do all the fun stuff and travel. But then you don't know what actually goes on in college athletics. It's a mystery, honestly, to a lot of people. A lot of hush hush. It's like, oh, this is this is multi-billion dollar industry that's housed under higher education. And so there's kind of this veil it's facade that you know everything's cool and mm -hmm. that's not always the case and so I wrote a book and then people are like hey can you come speak can you come work with my team can you come do this this and this and I was like 
okay, let me get my my ducks in a row and actually LLC this and see where it can go and, and grow with it. And I'm, I have a great team with me and it's just been pretty cool ever since. Well, that's like I said, that's really, really good. I think that um, what you're talking about, like I said, is fire. I told you, I, we, we talked off camera. I was like, man, that's, people need this, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I definitely wanted to get you on the show because, gosh, you know, athletes need what you're <laughs> talking about, you know? Um, I There's so many athletes. I wanted to correct you on one thing. Ain't nobody I know in that's still hooping. We're all old, old, old school now. All, all, all the old heads? Okay. Yeah. Got you, got you, got you. All old heads. Got we you. are just, just at the age of, I mean, if we hoop, we hoop in that, like, Grown man league, park and rec, you know, like we're not. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My last friend stopped playing last year. So, um, well, too far, too far. No, 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 no. Kind of a, yeah. Yeah. We're at that, though, you know, yeah. Um, but like the things that what you're talking about is a hundred percent fact. I mean, I struggled. I played basketball, you know, for 28 years of my life, you know, from the age of five mm-hmm. to the age of 33. And, uh, I had problems after huge problems, you know, substance abuse and, you know, and a bunch of other stuff. So for me, it was a situation where, you know, it wasn't, um, it was a struggle and mm-hmm. what you're said, you, what, what you're bringing to the table is something that is, like I said, is much needed again. And maybe I wouldn't have struggled as much if I had you guys or something that you're doing, uh, for myself. So, and I have a lot of friends, and I mean, from, excuse me, guys who played in college to guys who played in the NBA, you know, you know, 10, 15 years who struggled uh, after that, you know, uh, after they retired. So that initial, that initial thing is just really, really, really important to kind of, like, like you said, have the next thing going before you end, you know, your career. Uh, I played 10 years professional overseas. And like I said, after I retired, I was just like, okay, so what are you going to do? You know, like I had to figure out something because I had a son to feed and, uh, you know, he can't eat frustration, you know, or he can't eat whatever you think I'm, whatever I think I'm going to be. He needs to eat. So, you know, I had to do some things that I didn't really want to do to get to where I'm at now. But yeah. So I rather would have had a, a plan to where where I wanted to go somewhere where I wanted to really go. So absolutely, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily always brought up because their goal in college is especially to just keep you eligible. You know, everybody talks about the free degree, but I'm like, did you even choose the major that you were in? Did you really have time to enjoy and invest yourself holistically into college? The answer is probably no. I know it wasn't for me. <laughs> they they want to make sure that you have a degree that keep like you said keeps you eligible. Because in reality, unless you're doing a specialty, nobody really uses a degree anyway. You know, like you know, a lot of people be their degrees in communications, and maybe they go into the sports field of talking, you know, broadcasting, whatever. Most of them are doing opposite. You know, they're going into marketing or business. So you know, what is that communication degree? It's just one of those degrees that you you have just to say you have the degree, you know, Absolutely. and not necessarily going into the field of what you, you know, you're winning, you're winning there for. 
But yeah, we can talk like this forever. You know, I think um, <laughs> let's just get into your story and your journey sure. and how you got to where you're at now. Um, sure. How did your basketball journey start? Well, I played, I threw my first, I'm like rewinding. I threw my first ball in a basket when I was like five. Mm-hmm. And I was at mm-hmm. my brother's game. And he hated it. I think it was because <laughs> my dad was coaching. You know how it is. Son's dad. It just it 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 goes out the window. But I was picking it up simultaneously when he was like, Yeah, I'm putting this ball down and I don't ever want to see it again. <laughs> so from there I joined like a county ball rec league type of situation locally. I was terrible. It's funny because I was probably like eight or nine at that point. But I remember my first pair of basketball shoes. I was hooping in some like air, uh, <laughs> like some air forces, like some yellow and white air forces. So like all white with a yellow check. It made no sense. It, there was no no angle support or nothing. But uh, I was still hooping in them, and I just enjoyed it. I loved how fast it was. I loved making friends that way. I love just being able to add a lot of energy as well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. growing up, I played a lot of different sports. Like my parents had me in everything from soccer, softball, basketball, swimming classes, tennis, any, honestly, anything to like keep me running. Cause I was so just up here in terms of energy and uh, they had to put me in something or else I would just be driving them crazy and I'd be bouncing off the walls. So basketball really just I just hit it off with it I feel like it was something that was a great outlet for me and by the time that I got into high school I was like oh I'm pretty pretty good in this like this could be something but I was probably in about like fourth or fifth grade because my brother and I were almost six years apart so literally five five years and like 10 months something something like that and so when I was in middle school, I knew that he like he was in high school or college, excuse me, like he was going to college. And I saw that my parents, you know, had to pay some, pull out some loans for some, battling back and forth, asking him, why'd you, why'd you get out of that class? And what's going on with your grades and your housing? And just all these different questions. And so I was like, I don't want to deal with any of that. <laughs> I need to get on scholarship for college. Mm-hmm. And at the time, because I'm from Maryland, like at the time, I really wanted to go to the University of Maryland. And I didn't necessarily know the politics behind college sports. I was just like, yes, state school and Brenda Freeze. And like, they were phenomenal, like when I was growing up. So I wanted to go to Maryland. I wanted to go to school on scholarship because I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily want to hear my parents complain and be asking why I dropped classes or why I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fast forward and basketball in the DMV is is very very uh, competitive it's some of the best in the country we have some of the best sports in the country just a lot of great sense came out from the DMV both on the women's side and men's side so I was in the right place right time in terms of exposure and who I was playing with for AAU and, and high school and all of that good stuff and so like my recruiting was really, really good. I had a I had a nice range. So I had some schools in the Big East American Conference, A10, CAA, and 
a couple of like smaller schools that I, I because of my ego, I wasn't necessarily play, paying attention to at the time or the first time around. So I thought that if I went in the middle of my range of schools and conferences that I would be like, oh, you know, the coach won't be crazy if I'm like, you know, towards the middle of this crop of schools in the A-10, that's what I went with. I went to VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, in my first two years. And what's funny and what I realized, especially because I had other friends that were going off to different schools, different levels. I was like, man, these coaches are crazy no matter what the level. they mm-hmm. crazy. Like, just, they are intense and they have a major stressor on their on their back at all times trying to win and they take that out on their players so I was completely wrong (laughs) but I chose my school not based on sports I always tell people that like choose your school if you couldn't play basketball anymore if you couldn't play your sport any at all like you have an injury tomorrow and you can't Mm go Mm-hmm. would you still go to that school mm-hmm. and so that's what I chose in VCU but my coach left my coach left for half a million dollars to go coach at a big 10 school and so the new one that came in was trying to pretty much clean house do what she needed to do to get her team to where she wanted to go and bring in her own people so I was like man I'm out of here I'm I'm leaving and that was a whole debacle just crazy not to mention like my career was definitely a for everyone who's listening, I'm making the sign of a roller coaster ride. Like it was definitely <laughs> up and down. It's like a, it was like a wave, like woo. Because my freshman year, I also got injured. I had a season-ending injury, and I was finally reaching that pinnacle point of you know when you're you're a freshman and just trying to get it. You're trying to get in shape. You're trying to get the play the the coach. You're trying to get the plays. You're trying to understand the playbook. You're trying to understand conditioning, all the stuff. I finally get to that point. And I'm starting to play more and do other stuff. And then I get injured and I have to get knee surgery. Then I'm out and a new coach comes in and I'm trying to relive my freshman year over again with a new coach that did not recruit me. So it was just really technical. And so I end up leaving. I go to American University in D.C. Because I was like, man, if I got to sit out because this is before the COVID rules and you can transfer once and you got time on the back end and all this stuff, but you can play right away. I had to sit out. So I sat out my junior year and I was like, if I got to sit out, I want to be local because then I can go home or I can go, you know, do whatever and be able to get to my parents' house within like 45 minutes or whatever and still have that support. Because by then I was like, oh, this is, this is way bigger than me. This is something, uh, something else, you know, that multi-billion dollar industry. So I get to AU, I, I, I buy my time and have a really great junior year filled with a bunch of promises. And my by my senior year, it was another season ending injury and injury. I'm like about to say industry. No, <laughs> injury. And I uh, end up injuring my back, which was not fun. That was honestly worse than having knee surgery. Because when you hurt your back, you don't realize how much is connected to your back, like all your nerve endings and everything in your body is like connected. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, my journey was definitely a roller coaster ride, but it pushed me into the advocacy work that I do now. 
mm-hmm. and why I enjoy helping athletes and just having them think beyond the game because I'm just like, man, not only does the time go fast, nope. I think as athletes, we have this preconceived notion that if you put in a extreme amount of work and time and energy and effort that you will get back what you put in. And that doesn't always happen. Very That's true. a really hard, really, really hard pill to swallow because you're like, man, wait, I did everything. I, I, I put in the work. I, I did the exercise. I'm listening to my coach. I'm not out there wilding. I'm not getting arrested. I'm not doing crazy stuff. We all have plenty of stories yep. we could probably share of our teammates doing some really wild stuff, but then they start in the next game. And I'm like, how, how can you? So <laughs> you realize that it, it, it's way bigger than you and it's politics and it's the coach's plan and it's donors and it's what they want to mold and shape the program to be. But that getting, having that realization, and I didn't realize that until years later. And ironically, I don't know if you watch this show, it's called All American. You ever watch that show? Oh, man, I need to catch up on it. Oh, I, I, okay. That's one of my yes. favorite shows. Yes. Catch up on the latest season is actually really, really good. Uh-huh. So while we know that the CW is like low budget, the storylines and the acting is like decent. And I think it's really funny and entertaining to watch because as a former athlete, you're like, okay, you can see where there are elements that are really good and then elements that are like, oh, these are some terrible actors for this but <laughs> well when i found sense. out the dude was british i was like oh man i was kind of yeah. like you know kind of threw me he off but, yeah wow. like you can't get a, uh, a kid from la but anyway go ahead facts facts uh but it's based on a true story which yeah. i found was interesting and at one point a couple of seasons ago when they first got to college spencer was like or somebody that was coaching Spencer because he was struggling, right? When he first got to college, he was like the man in high school. He was like, you have to understand, whoever he was talking to, he was like, you have to understand that you can do whatever. You can give as much as you can and it still just not be enough. And you have to live with that because it's way bigger than you in terms of politics, in terms of the game, donors, this institution, what your coaches want, like, that's something that's a hard pill to swallow. But it's also reality too. Like we've all been in workplaces and spaces and things or relationships. You can give all that you want to give, but it may not be enough for that person or they may not be able to receive it or whatever the situation is. And so that's kind of the same thing that I had to come to with my career was like, yo, not only is my body saying, girl, it is time to hang it up. Because we're like literally breaking down on you right now. But also I was like, man, like this is when you have to acknowledge when to give it up, when to pivot. Was Mm -hmm. it hard? Absolutely. It was so difficult. It was so sad. I was like, man, I do not want to deal with this anymore. I want to figure out my own avenue. And through a lot of trial and error, we're, we're here. It's not necessarily like the easiest thing, but it is what it is. No, no, I, I think um, that is a big thing. You know what I'm saying? I definitely feel like, you know, like like you said, your body kind of knows, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's a situation where um, you want to, you want to keep going. Like you said, like athletes think they're immortal. They could play forever. <laughs> but your body, politics, all that other stuff kind of plays its part. You know what I'm saying? So I think definitely it's a situation where 
um, we have to know when it's time, you know. What's that song by Kenny Rogers? You got to know when to fold them. Know when to hold them. Got to know when to fold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's how I be feeling about that. Um, you know what happens. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.